the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Abraham Lincoln warned that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Would you like to know what's being taught in today's classrooms? Welcome to Say What? with attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. They'll explore the issues facing children, parents, and society as a result of the public schools and the forces behind them. Say What? is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr. Hello, everyone. I'm George Roska. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 27. This is uh, our second part of our two-part episode for Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including the corruption of language. That's right, George. Uh, You know, as we stated last week, for the public schools to advance their worldview, the meaning of words themselves have to be changed. And this is particularly true when it comes to advancing the Soji worldview, sexual orientation, gender identity. And last week, we started to look uh, at um, the 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 meaning of language, what mm-hmm. words actually mean in this new worldview. And we relied on an article written by a friend of POK's, Dr. Ryan Anderson. The article was entitled, Transgender Ideology is Riddled with Contradictions. And indeed it is. Definitely. And parents, we want to remind you again, if you have a chance, please order Ryan Anderson's book, When Harry Became Sally. It's one of the most instrumental books that helped me understand the whole transgender movement. So just a little bit of review from last week. We pointed out that in the new Soji worldview, there's a central claim. It's a truth claim. Mm -hmm. And the claim is this. I am who I claim to be. And you must claim it, too. In other words, not only do I get to define my own identity, regardless of my biology, regardless of my chromosomes, regardless of my male or female organs, all of that is irrelevant. I get to choose who I want to be. And who I choose to be, you must acknowledge it. You must acknowledge and recognize and respect my personal identity and choice. Yes, and as we mentioned last week, uh, this is really, uh, uh, you know, riddled with philosophical contradictions, but also practically, uh, our world will become unlivable if we live by this kind of a philosophy. It already is, arguably. Mm -hmm. So, and we also pointed out last week, George, that it's not just the school system and education curriculums that are corrupting the minds of our children with the change in language and the in the the change in meaning of words 
they're getting help from the American Psychological Association, the American Medical Association, our state legislatures, our federal government. They are all working part and parcel along with third-party organizations like Planned Parenthood yep. to corrupt the meaning of language and of truth itself. And the the shocking part is when parents, I think, will finally realize that all of these medical associations and scientific organizations are, are now pushing something that's unscientific because they're being driven by their ideology. That's right. And money, by mm-hmm. the way, because there's a lot of money in running these clinics uh, to help children uh, deal with their gender dysphoria. So this is a big money operation. So um, – We went from, as we pointed out last week, gender being a characteristic of your biological sex to becoming a social construct to becoming a medical reality. It is is medical truth itself. So that now gender identity is your true identity, while biological sex is merely a social construct. And we left it off last week by uh, making this quote, or repeating this quote from Dr. Ryan Anderson, who stated, but what exactly is this gender identity that is supposed to be the true medical determinant of sex? Dr. Adkins from Duke University defines it as a person's inner sense of belonging to a particular gender, such as male or female. Ryan goes on to note, Note that little phrase, such as, implying that the options are not necessarily limited to male or female. Other activists are more forthcoming in admitting that gender identity need not be restricted to the binary choice of male or female, but can include both or neither. The American Psychological Association, for example, defines gender identity as a person's internal sense of being male, female, or something else. I mean, this is the same psychological association that probably 20 years ago, if you walked into a clinic and said, I'm not a male or a female, you'd be checked in. You'd be checked in. (laughs) Uh, 50 years ago, you'd be consigned to a sanatorium for a while. Exactly. But but not anymore. This is the, the new lingua fraca of education and of the medical association. And unfortunately, George, as we often say, this is being pushed down to our children in the public school systems starting in grade school. And Mark, we're going to now dive right into the meat and potatoes because this is a, um, an, a tool that our schools use right from kindergarten that was was one of the first things that I saw when I was doing my research back in April and May of 2018. Um, And it is known as parents, I think you recall, um, I remember being in school, in grade school, and we had the gingerbread man. And we got to build a gingerbread man, usually around the holidays, Christmas time. Well, they they always know how to pervert everything. Uh, and so now that gingerbread man is no longer that because that would be sexist. Uh, so it is this thing now is known as the gingerbread person. <laughs> um, and what you'll see is you'll see the shape of a gingerbread man. Uh, but what they do is they point out four things uh, on this figure. Number one, 
they point to the brain and they call that identity.、Mm-hmm. They point to the heart and they call that attraction.、Mm-hmm. They point to the exterior、uh, perimeter and they call that expression. And then they point to the genitals and they call that sex. And so the identity at the brain refers to gender identity. And they show that it's on a spectrum between womanness to manness.、Uh, the attraction、uh, in the heart that points to who you are sexually attracted to,、uh, to nobody,、uh, to somebody, to anybody.、Uh, and they have different terminologies、um, for all of that. Um, and then they have the outside expression, which is the gender expression. So you can express yourself as anywhere between being feminine or masculine to somewhere in between to neither.、Um, and then you have biological sex, which out of all things is binary. We know what our chromosomes are. And yet, even that they point is on a spectrum of femaleness or maleness. But George, at least the words biological sex are still mentioned、mm-hmm. in the gender bred person. Yeah, it exists along a spectrum. You, you get to decide, but at least the words themselves are mentioned, right? And we have the gender bred person, which has some indicia of male and female organs. Well, that's not good enough anymore. It's too definite. In the corruption of our language and symbols. So it had to change. So schools are now replacing the gender bred person for the gender unicorn. Today, transgender allies in good standing don't use the gender bred person in their classrooms, but opt for this new. Graphic, the gender unicorn, which was created by the trans student educational resources. It ha- you'll notice it has a body shape、mm-hmm. that doesn't appear to be either male or female, but instead, and instead of biological sex, those words are gone in the, un- in the gender unicorn. You will not find the words biological sex. I wonder why they chose a unicorn since they don't exist. It's They didn't think that one through. <laughs> I guess not. So, biological sex now has the term sex assigned at birth.、Mm-hmm. Because, according to the Trans Student Education Resource, biological sex is an ambiguous word that has no scale and no meaning besides that it is related to some sex characteristics. Which, by the way, is the definition of biological sex. It is also harmful to trans people. Instead, we prefer sex assigned at birth, which provides a more accurate description of what biological sex may be trying to communicate. Close quote. So, so Mark, when you pointed this out, I, I actually, until today, Didn't even think of this.、Um, I, I've seen both of these、um, you know, depictions.、Um, and the, the first thing that hit me is something for parents to be aware, even though I've only been involved in this for the last three and a half years. Even in these three and a half years, we constantly see a revolt. Against their own things that they said two years ago. Exactly. Or three years ago. Right. And my mind went straight to、um, G.K. Chesterton. 
because he has a quote that is so interesting. This is from over a hundred years ago, and it, it's a little bit long, but I, I want to read it because this Please. is, I think, really critical to understanding um, how the other side um, really cannibalizes itself over time. Uh, and he said this, but the new rebel is a skeptic and will not entirely trust anything. He has no loyalty, therefore he can never be really a revolutionist. And the fact that he doubts everything really gets in his way when he wants to denounce anything. Hmm. For all denunciation implies a moral doctrine of some kind. And the modern revolutionist doubts not only the institution he denounces, but the doctrine by which he denounces it. As a politician, he will cry out that war is a waste of life, and then as a philosopher, that all life is a waste of time. A Russian pessimist will denounce a policeman for killing a peasant, and then prove by the highest philosophical principles that the peasant ought to have killed himself. The man of this school goes first to a political meeting where he complains that savages are treated as if they were beasts. Then he takes his hat and umbrella and goes on to a scientific meeting where he proves that they are practically beasts. In short, the modern revolution, being an infinite skeptic, is always engaged in undermining his own minds. In his book on politics, he attacks men for trampling on morality. In his book on ethics, he attacks morality for trampling on men. Therefore, the modern man in revolt has become practically useless for all purposes of revolt. By rebelling against everything, he has lost his right to rebel against anything. That is so profound. And this is exactly what I see over and over and over. Things that were kosher three years ago are no longer. And you see these organizations and these movements either repenting of the way that they had done things in the past, and they're trying to stay on top of the newest, latest, craziest thing going on within their own ideological framework – and they can't even keep up. That's right. It's impossible to keep up. It's, it's ever-changing, which is by definition that has to happen when your entire worldview and your sense of reality is how you define it yourself or what you feel at the time. And this is reflected, George, in the gender unicorn, which is being rolled out to children across the country where gender identity, gender expression, sex assigned at birth, who you're physically attracted to, who you're emotionally attracted to, all exist along a spectrum that you get to define. And since you get to define it, and that defines who you are, other people must acknowledge and recognize it too. Wow. So we have new language, George. We have uh, cisgender, bigender, two-spirit, gender queer, pangender, agender, new choice, third gender. The, the list goes on. Facebook famously now has, uh, I think at last count, 70 different uh, instantiations of preferred gender pronouns. I mean, Say what? It's just increasing all the time. You cannot keep up with this stuff. We are truly living in the world that G.K. Chesterton uh, outlined to us. A brave new world, as Aldous Huxley wrote. Mm-hmm. Or 1984 from, from George Orwell. Uh, we, we are living in that. But but these these changes in the meaning of language are contradictory. They're self-contradictory. 
And I think it would be helpful if we just ask some questions. Sure. Maybe of our audience. We can talk through these ourselves. This language, this gender identity language, it assumes materialism, right? Correct. This is where the term existentialism comes from. Most people probably don't realize this, but existence precedes essence. In Mm -hmm. other words, materially you exist, and from your material um, uh, reality, your mind comes forth and and meaning comes forth. The famous uh, French philosopher Jean-Paul Sartre Mm -hmm. uh, uh, promoted this idea, but essentially it's materialism. The mind is a function of matter. But at the same time, these proponents of this new gender identity that comes from postmodernism, they're propounding an, ident- an identity that transcends the material. Yep. It has deeper meaning than, than the material. It defines who I am, and you must accept it as well. How does that make sense? To, to me, it's it's almost like uh, scientists today uh, trying to uh, propose the um, the multiverse theory. Exactly, except that there's no evidence. For <laughs> there's it. no evidence for it, and yet it's a it's this imaginary concept that they want to believe in. <laughs> That's exactly right. Here's here's another question. Activists insist that there are no meaningful differences between the biological sexes. Right? Mm-hmm. You see this everywhere. From our military to our corporate boardrooms to working in the trenches and in agriculture. But then at the same time, they insist on real gender identity differences. How does that make sense? If something that is rooted in material fact, one's biology, your sexual organs, has, has no meaning, how can something that you make up in your own mind have meaning? Yeah. Yeah, the, these are all valid points. Here's another one. The language promoters claim that truth is relative. I am who I feel I am, but at the same time insist that their assumed identity is real and that you must also accept it as real. It's, it's not something that's made up. It's my true identity. It really does exist, and you have to accept it as such. And this is a place where, if for maybe some of our listeners who have taken basic logic, um, and you've heard the saying, um, you know, truth is relative, and then the response would be, are you absolutely sure? That's right. There are no absolutes, right? Is that a relative uh, truth? Correct. Um, and, and that's exactly what, what's happening here. Uh, is that the logic just doesn't work because they are claiming truth is relative, but then on the other side, their claim is an absolute statement. Absolutely. And uh, this has real-world legal consequences as well, because if gender is a social construct, how can it be innate and immutable? Social constructs are, by definition, George, changeable. And it used to be in our civil rights laws that we proscribe discrimination based on immutable things, things Mm -hmm. that you couldn't change. In other words, we're not going to discriminate 
because of skin color. There's nothing you can do about that. You were born with it. You, you, a leopard can't change its spots. You can't do anything. In the same way, we're not going to discriminate against you because of your age or your place of national origin. You can't go back in history and change what country you came from. This makes legal sense. But how do you apply the same immutability standard to create special classes of people based on perceived identity? And yet, George, that's exactly what's happened. And, and not just that, but you know, we're pointing out language contradictions, Mark. From this innate and immutable social construct, construct within it, they have a certain identity called gender fluidity. Yes. <laughs> That is always changing. So it, I can't believe that they're saying it's innate and immutable, but then they recognize there is gender fluidity. That's right. <laughs> and unfortunately, um, you know, we have case law now that is embedding these concepts in our laws. The famous Bostock decision that uh, an ostensibly mm. conservative justice, Neil Gorsuch, uh, wrote the majority opinion on saying that the word sex in our civil rights laws essentially uh, means sexual, sexual orientation, gender identity. identity. So this whole fluid, I am who I, I believe I am concept is now embedded in our civil rights laws. Yep. It's corrupted everything. Here's another question. Does one's felt, socially constructed identity apply to other areas beyond sex? Mm. And if they don't, why not? So if I can make up my gender identity, can I make up my race, Mm. my economic status, my height, my weight, and if I can't, why not? Well, you know, I happen to be um, a member of the uh, male biology. I have male organs and chromosomes, but I think it would benefit me more in society, and I really don't feel that way. So I'm going to identify as a female. Now, that's totally acceptable society. We, we teach that everywhere. What about the color of my skin? Why shouldn't I be able to identify as a different complexion than I am and get away with it? Why doesn't the legal protections that have been provided to to sexual orientation and gender identity apply to my race or my legal or my economic status? Or how about this, George? How about my GPA? Mm, My SAT scores. Exactly. You know, I I may have gotten a certain score on my SAT or my GPA may be a a 2.8, but that doesn't really reflect my inner reality, who I really believe that I am. And since it's already law that you must accept my gender identity, why isn't it law that you must accept my grade point average identity? Yeah. There's no good answer to those questions. There is no good answer to these questions. Yeah, if you're going to use that logic in one area, you have to apply it to all of reality. Here's the problem, George. This change in language, this new gender identity concept, violates the law of non-contradiction. It's one of the most fundamental laws of nature. 
A cannot be both A and B at the same time and in the same relationship. This governs all of our society, our financial enterprise, uh, math and physics, the way we build things. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't apply any longer to human relationships. Society cannot long exist with this kind of new paradigm at work. Parents, we highly encourage you, please go on our website, www.protectourkidsnow.org. You will find a lot of great information uh, under our brochures tab, but also go to our videos tab. And under the videos tab, you'll see our latest conference where we talk about a lot of these things we do. in depth. And we also have short, you know, six to 10 minute videos that informs you about comprehensive sexuality education, critical race theory, historical revisionism, sexual rights, and many other things. So that's about all the time we have for today, but we hope that this has been enlightening for you because I truly believe, uh, George, that if more and more people started asking these kinds of questions and poking holes in this this edifice that's been created by these people with special interest, like a Jenga puzzle, yep. you know, if we keep pulling out the uh, the supports, the whole thing will come crumbling down, and it couldn't come soon enough for well, the benefit of our children. Yes, and we have to do that, and that's our role as parents. So uh, please get informed, get equipped, get involved. Until next time. You've been listening to Say What, the radio ministry of Protect Our Kids, where they seek to inform and equip concerned citizens about the crisis in American public education and the forces working against our children. Join us at this same time every Saturday as attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Rosca Jr. unpack the issues so that we can better safeguard our nation's children. For more information about this program or Protect Our Kids, email the show at info at protectourkidsnow.org. That's info at protectourkidsnow.org. And join Mark and George right here next week at this same time for another episode of Say What. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.